The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Folding Warehouse, Ipsy, Ann Arbor. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Baseball and a spring game preview on this episode of the Eastern Insider. It was a good weekend, well, a good Easter Sunday for Eastern Michigan baseball. And, Greg, the race is on. It's time for Eastern Michigan to pick it up if they want to get to the Mid-American Conference Tournament. A good start yesterday with the effort from Luke Russo on the mound. Eric Roof will join us to talk about the big Easter win. He's now 3-3 three and three on Easter, by the way. Luke Russo will also join us. But, Greg, before baseball picks back up this weekend for Mid-American Conference play, it's also a big week on the gridiron because it is finally here. The spring game, and I think I'd venture to say, of course, we have to knock on wood, it might be the best weather forecast we've ever had. Uh, maybe not ever, but pretty close to one of the best. I do remember a spring game years ago that was really, really nice. But well, you did go to school time. with Father Time, so I, I guess you have more of a reference than I, I did. They were actually carrying pigs back then instead of footballs. <laughs> Uh, but you, you look at it, a, a great time for people to get out. Plenty of activities going around uh, as the game will kick off at 6.30. Gates will begin at 6 o'clock, out gates 2 and 3. Uh, you you see there'll be a big junior day program. There's a parents' tailgate going on. Uh, the football team will get their rings in mid-afternoon. So lots of things to be there for but also some nice giveaways for people to get. And on the, the south end zone, you'll have your own ability to do a fan combine, Alex. Are you going to be rolling through drills? Um, I will be witnessing drills, maybe not rolling through them. But you mentioned that, Greg. Remember, first and foremost, when the gates open, open at 6 o'clock, everybody, the first 500 fans that walk through are going to get a baseball cap with the block E. It's a nice white cap. We got to preview them and uh, take a look at those this week. And so those look really nice. There'll be a chance to buy your season tickets if you haven't already done that. And, Greg, when you buy season tickets for Eastern Michigan football this year, you get a, an exact replica of the championship ring that Eastern Michigan players are going to get on Friday. You can get that replica with a season ticket package. And you heard it here. I'm not going to tell you this uh, in public other than here on the Eastern Insider. Actually, buying the season tickets is a cheaper way to get that championship ring than you, there is an option to make a donation to the program and get it. But buying season tickets is your best option. It's the most affordable thing to do. So you can get a season uh, championship ring with those season ticket packages. So you can do those. They'll have uh, Jeff Chawatsky and his group will be out there right inside the gates. They'll be available to to see them. And then you mentioned that combine. Yeah, it's uh, the 40-yard dash. They've got a throwing station, all sorts of fun in the south end zone. All of that, everybody, is totally free, kid-friendly. Um, and then not so kid-friendly, the concessions will be open. Beer sales will be out there this year for the first time, Greg. So food a lot trucks. of food trucks will also be out there. So a lot of fun for the family to come out on a warm Friday night in Southeast Michigan and enjoy some football as well. Our presenting sponsor, of course, the Falling Warehouse will be open and they'll be out there uh, for you to take your turn at Foling, so throw that football at some bowling pins and try to win some prizes down there in that South End Zone Club as well before EMU football. So a full day for you to take in. Uh, it probably will not be a traditional spring game as we stand right now on Monday. Of course, things can go, uh, can change still, but it's still an opportunity for you to come out and get your first taste of EMU football 
this weekend with a bunch of new coaches, some new faces. Start learning the players' names right now to get ready for that kickoff under the lights against Howard coming up in September. Yeah, if nothing else, it's a great chance to be out there with friends and family, get some of the sunshine in, lots of music, lots of giveaways, so a great chance there. But Greg, even before football on Friday, there's a full slate of action for Eastern Michigan Athletics this week, and it starts with a rare home-and-home against Western Michigan for baseball. They'll play in Kalamazoo tomorrow. They'll play back here at Ostrike Stadium on Wednesday evening, a 6 o'clock game, the first true night game of the season for Eastern. And uh, that'll mark the fourth and fifth matchup this season against Western Michigan. Believe it or not, it's happened before a couple of times. Last time was in 2017. Two of those games were in the MAC tournament. But did you know that in 1999, Eastern Michigan played Western Michigan five times, all in the regular season, and all at Ostrike Stadium? Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, you'll get to see them. We'll have the call beginning at 545 on Wednesday night. Under the lights, WMU Broncos, your place to get Tuesday's action, a 305 first pitch. Lacrosse also will have a first toss at 2 p.m. at uh, on Wednesday. That at Cicluna Field. Hopefully you can sneak out for that and make a full day of it. Then plenty of track in this weekend. It begins on Thursday. They'll have teams in California uh, as well. It really is also a con- conglomeration that will be back here at Adrian at Siena Heights. So uh, four different track events that Eastern will be going to. Plus then tennis will be in DeKalb. And then baseball this weekend will be at the launching pad at Stellar Field in Bowling Green with plenty of home runs there. So they're going to have to keep the ball low. And that will be really one of the things we talk with uh, Coach Roof and Luke Russo about. It will. It's a big series. If you look at the standings right now for baseball, Greg, Eastern Michigan, well, they're down in the standings. But if you really look, only a game behind a massive group of teams, so about four or five, even six teams, if you look at it the right way, that are only about a game ahead of Eastern Michigan. So this weekend, if Eastern Michigan gets back on track, they can take the series against Bowling Green. If Maybe even uh, if, the, if the baseball gods help us out with a sweep, then Eastern Michigan could be right back creeping into that top four, trying to get in the Mid-American Conference Tournament. So Lots of baseball on the line this week. Yeah, you look at it right now. Western Michigan, Toledo, BG, Miami, Eastern, and Akron all have six wins in conference play. Differing degrees of what their loss record looks like. Central Michigan in that four spot has is a seven and five mark. So still a lot of room to climb up. That also didn't be mentioned when we touched on the schedule. Rowing, they're in action in New Jersey. And then women's golf will wrap up their regular season before the MAC championship. They're in Indianapolis at the Jaguar Invitation. And the Boilermaker Invitation is where Bruce Cunningham and his team is. Yeah, so lots of action. Continue to follow at EMUEagles.com. Each team has their own page. You can also follow each team's individual social media as well. And Greg, we should mention, in case people are wondering, because this is the first time we've had so many midweeks against normal conference opponents, tomorrow and Wednesday's game against Western Michigan, both of those games, they will not count towards Mid-American Conference standings or records. They're simply uh, just an agreed-upon midweek game by the two institutions. They're not scheduled through the league. So they won't count towards MAC games, but it is a rivalry. It is a good chance to see some high-level baseball. On Wednesday night at 6 o'clock, there'll be food trucks out for uh, the fans at Ostrike Stadium. There'll also be hot dog specials going on as well. So make sure to see everybody out there. Greg, anything we missed? No, I think it's time for plenty of football and baseball this week. Plenty mixed in. Enjoy the conversations. The the one with Luke Russo is one we recorded uh, today. Meanwhile, you listen to the Coach Roof interview, and it's a lot of things we discussed post-game yesterday as far, part of our broadcast on All Access. Yep. Eric Roof, Luke Russo coming up. Enjoy this week's Eastern Insider Podcast, and then we'll see you Friday night at the factory for the Eastern Michigan football spring game. 
You already know Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan gives you access to the largest network of top doctors and hospitals. What you may not know is that with our 24-hour nurse line, online visits, whole health support, urgent care, and more, you can access the care you need whenever and wherever you need it, giving you the confidence in knowing that you're covered anytime, anywhere. We're here for it all and always will be. Learn more at hereforitall.com. After dropping its first two games of its series against Miami, it was a smile-filled Sunday afternoon for the Eastern Michigan baseball team as they defeated the Red Hawks 8-1 on a beautiful Easter holiday inside O-Strike Stadium. Each week, Greg and I are lucky enough to call games on Eagle All Access, and after wins, head coach Eric Roof is always kind enough to join us upstairs in our broadcast location, which you may know as the Home Run Hut. If you didn't get a chance to hear Roof's comments following yesterday's win, take a listen now at the highlights as he discusses the 8-1 victory and where the team needs to go from here. As a reminder, you can listen or watch nearly all EMU baseball games for free by visiting emueagles.com slash watch. And if you ever miss a game, you can watch on demand. Again, visit emueagles.com slash watch. Here's Eric Roof following yesterday's win over Miami. We talked pregame, Easter, a way to celebrate, and your offense celebrated in a great way. A big fourth inning, finding ways to hit with especially two out uh, position, Eric, today, you look at it, four two-out RBIs, and overall, your team excelled advancing runners. They did a good job, really good job offensively, really proud of them. I think every guy that got in the lineup, every guy that pit played today contributed, and that's what is important for me. Yesterday wasn't great, right? We, we all know it. Um, we all saw it, but just really proud of the effort because, again, it takes a lot of grit as a team to just flush it, turn the page, and get going. And like you said, offensively, it was really good. I think in that uh, whatever inning that we scored one run in the second inning, we get a guy on base. I think it's a double play, two outs, and then there's one, two, three, four consecutive quality at-bats leads to a run later in the game. We scored six, and I think we had eight straight quality at-bats. So, again, it, was just, it wasn't just one guy. It was a team effort. And, um, you know, Luke Russo did a great job. If he gave up that one hit, first hitter of the game, and he said, all right, that's enough. Well, let's talk about your starting pitcher, Luke Russo, because he goes seven complete today. Two hits allowed, just one run, uh, and really was masterful for a stretch there. You mentioned the first batter gets on base with the triple, gives up the run, but then after that retires 17 straight at one point, and he had it all going. We talked in the pregame about the ability for him to throw the breaking ball, mix it in with the fastball from the vantage point of the dugout. What was so effective today? He's a bulldog. He's a horse. He's a number one. He's an ace. He's going to he's going to be a guy that's going to win a lot of games. He's going to be a guy that's going to pitch for a long time. Um, a guy like Russo, you have to get to him early. If you don't get to him early, it's almost too late. Um, Credit Zap for getting a base hit. Hugo had a nice little effort in, in, in center field. I thought maybe he was going to catch it and run it down. And um, again, he getting into rhythm. Multiple pitches for strikes, attacking that first inning. You know, he wasn't super sharp, you know, with a walk and a hit by pitch as well with that. But then after that, it was like, all right, enough's enough. He's got his routine. And then he kept throwing strikes. Some people just have another team's number. Last year, he struck out 11 Red Hawks. This year, he strikes out nine. Why has he been so effective against Miami? Yeah, you're right. There are times, you know, when you look back in your career or you look back over, you know, maybe um, some outings, you, you may say, hey, I, I just feel really good against those guys. Um, some of it's probably confidence. Some of it's probably just being a veteran guy who's kind of said, all right, I've been there. I've done that. Um, usually has confidence at this level, but being able to do it 
and then repeat it, then you start feeling good. And then once you start feeling good, you can have outings like that and, and back-to-back outings. Um, last year was out of the pen. This year is as a starter. Um, again, he's able to throw breaking balls for strikes. He's able to throw off-speed for strikes. And, um, you know, he did, a, he did a really good job for us today. Well, we're going to let you get out of here and enjoy Easter Sunday with your family. But do you want to ask you real quick while we have you about these Mid-American Conference standings? Today was a big win for your team. You get up to that fifth victory. And if you look in the, the standings ahead of you, there's a bunch of teams that are kind of bunching that six wins after today. Some will have seven. Bowling Green, one of those teams that's going to be at that six win mark, probably heading into next weekend, a team you're going to have to pass. How soon do you as a coaching staff or you as a team start talking about these standings, start talking about, I know you like talking about things in one game stretches, but how soon do you talk about them in three game stretches and how important a weekend like next weekend is you have to get a series win? No doubt. No doubt. You're absolutely right about that. I think this was uh, game 15. So that puts us right at the halfway point for the Mid-American Conference. Um, We still have a lot of baseball to go. So we're only halfway done. We got to continue to control our own destiny. We got to continue to take care of the ball. So right now it's just win the next game, you know, play good, you know, one pitch at a time right now. It's still a little too early to talk about the end of the season. Um, we still got young team. We still got a, a team that's still adding and, and learning how to win. It's just, let's take this thing one pitch at a time, one bat at a time, every game, every pitch, every, inning. I just told them the other day, every game, every pitch, every inning is independent of the last game pitch or inning. So um, it has no effect on the next one. Um, so you have to be able to be mentally sharp to play this game. And that's what I was so excited about our guys today. Third consecutive, a uh, third career win on Easter. And you get a chance to go to Kalamazoo on Tuesday, right back here on Wednesday. Can't wait to see you and the boys back here on a Wednesday that should be pushing 75. Yeah, I used to think that uh, Shane Easter was the guy that gave us the luck on Easter Sunday, but now I think, you know what? It is called Easter Michigan, and we got Easter inside the, exactly. the Eastern, so there may be something to that. Uh, maybe we could play more games on Easter. Rofi, thanks for the time. Enjoy your Easter. Enjoy those brats on the grill tonight. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for your coverage. Happy Easter. Appreciate you guys being here at the ballpark. There's only one podcast in Washtenaw County that takes you inside the athletic department every single week the eastern insider podcast your home for all things eastern all the time well you heard eric group's comments following the 8-1 win over miami yesterday and a lot of those comments were about his starting pitcher luke russo luke joins us now luke thanks for joining us i know you're nursing that arm back to health because you put together incredible performance yesterday congrats on the win thank you thank you very much Let's start where I think sometimes a lot of people have the question about where do you start as a college pitcher? Take us through when you know it's your day on the bump. What's the routine look like for you? Yesterday, for example, is a one o'clock game. Um, And so we know that, you know, when you're a hitter, when you're a position player, you're out there a couple hours before the game, you're taking BP, you're doing infield practice. What's What's the routine for a starting pitcher? Take us through what your day looked like yesterday. So for me, the starting pitchers, we get to show up a little late. So we don't have to go to like the whole team stretch and everything like three hours before the game. So I show up to the field probably around hour 30 before the game starts. I'll sit in the parking lot, listen to some music. Um, I always uh, make a peanut butter and jelly that I eat right before the game just to have something in my stomach. And yeah, I probably start warming up, stretching around one hour before the game. And then um, probably about 30 minutes before the game, I'll start throwing, playing catch. And then 15 minutes before the game, I'm on the bump and doing my pregame bullpen. And then I probably give about five minutes uh, till the game starts just to cool down, sit down, let the legs rest and just uh, breathe. I think breathing has been a big thing for me. So I've been doing that. So when you get to that point where you're, you know, you're, you're waking up, it's a starting day, you're in your car, listening to the music, you're getting ready to go. 
you can be honest here with me. You don't have to be if you if you don't want to be. But uh-huh. as, a, as a pitcher, do you do you know when you wake up on the right side of the bed? Do you know when it's going to be a good day, or is there days where it's a struggle and you know, like, all right, I'm going to have to battle through this mentally? Yeah, no. Um, I would say it's like that. So there are days where you wake up and it's like you're on the wrong side of the bed. But like, there's been a couple of times this year where I just wake up and I just don't feel good. Like I'm either sick or just. I don't know, not in the right mindset, but once that game starts, I feel the same every time. I feel like I just click a switch and just feel great. So, Fifth time this year that you've gone five innings or more in a contest. Yesterday, you give up the triple to start the game, and then all of a sudden, it's like a light switch flipped on. After Miami gets that run, you retire 17 straight. What was it about the difference after that first batter through really the sixth inning? So I think a big thing for me is off speed. So I like to throw a lot of it. And um, as I get later into the game, I get better feel for those pitches. And I can throw those pitches literally whenever I want. So I'll get uh, down 2-0 and I can uh, throw that off speed in there just for a strike. And then I think that helps me get ahead of hitters. And it helps me also come back and get those hitters out. So yesterday you go seven strong, you give up those two, only two hits. You give up the the triple to start the game, but then only one hit after that. Um, It's a game that was really interesting because when you look at the scoreboard at the end of the game, your team comes out and, and gets you a seven run victory, but the offense didn't really pick it up until that fourth inning when they scored those six runs, when it's a, a pitcher's duel early on, like it was, how do you stay locked in in between innings when you're watching your teammates go up there to hit? And in a way, is it almost, does it keep you in rhythm almost a little bit more when your, your offense is kind of going down quick like that? So you're just right back out to the bump. Yeah. So when it's a, when it's more of a pitcher's duel, it's, it's kind of fun. I like it, but I mean, it would be nice to keep the bats hot and stuff, but the ball's in my hands and you know, all the pressure's on me and I like that. So when I'm in the dugout, I'm just sitting there. I don't really watch the game because I'm like sitting on the bench and they're all standing. So I can't really see all I do is like kind of hear, but uh, no, I just sit there and breathe, drink some water. And then I just concentrate on the next batters. I got a verse. One of the key plays in the game yesterday was in that eighth inning after you departed and your fellow pitcher, Jagger Jeffries comes on with the bases, has the bases loaded and takes a line shot back up the middle, able to knock it down. He was jacked up. How excited was the dugout for him to be in that moment and really that play change what if, if it goes the other way and shoots in the center field, it could be a much different game. Yeah, that was crazy. So I was actually in the bullpen when that happened and I was getting ready to run down there. So it happened and I sprinted down there and it, everyone was going crazy. I mean, Jaggers in there yelling and everything. Uh, I mean, it was scary at first, but the sound of the glove was good. So, but yeah, he was jacked up. It was sweet. Big One play. thing. One thing that Greg and I have talked a little bit about during the broadcast this year and that we've tried to explain is the new pitch clock that, again, is not league mandated, but that Aaron Hilt mandates with the eight minute clock trying to get off the field. From your perspective, why don't you walk our listeners through what that is? What's the goal with that pitch clock and uh, how effective do you think it's been for you and your game this year? So, yeah, the pitch clock, we have to get under eight minutes each inning. So he keeps track of those and it's been really helpful this year because I mean, every game we've won, we've done probably really good on the pitch clock. So, but yeah, it's like a pace of play thing and time of possession. So if we were under that eight minutes, that means we're in a hitting more like we we're in the dugout more, we're resting more and you know, it really helps with the pace of play and everything. And we like to work fast as a pitching staff. 
So you get the ball and we don't throw it around. You guys can probably see that. So we get the ball right back from a catcher after a strikeout and we're right back on the bump to stay in rhythm. One of the other big things is getting a rhythm with your catcher. And you had Ryan Lux yesterday catching you. You've had Aaron Dolney back there as well. When your success can also be tied to their success, how much have those guys helped you develop as well? Yeah, I mean, Lux wasn't our starting catcher coming into the season. And I think he's been working really well. He's looking really good back there. I mean, um, they're they're doing great. I mean, they're setting up exactly where they want to set up. They're blocking balls for me. Like, I like to throw a lot of curveballs in the dirt when I got a guy ahead. So I have to have trust in them. So, I mean, they've been doing great. They've been throwing guys out. It's awesome. We talked a little earlier just briefly about the offense and what they were able to do to come through you for you yesterday. The easy question is to ask, you know, what's it like having an offense that obviously there's five guys at the top of the lineup right now, all hitting over 300 and, and we know what we can do in terms of putting up numbers quickly, but I'm more interested to know from a pitcher's perspective, if you are pitching against our offense, what makes the Eastern Michigan offense uh, from that perspective, challenging to pitch against? Uh, we got some big lefties on our team and uh, big lefties aren't really easy to verse. They're kind of my kryptonite a little bit. So um, they're, they're hard to pitch against. Um, they love to hit fastballs. So I really got to helps me work on my off speed when I throw against them. So I just, if I leave anything middle, it's going to get hit. So, yeah. I know you like, I know you like a lot of your teammates, but if there's a guy that is on your team that you're really glad is wearing the pinstripes with you and that you don't have to see on another team who uh, who's that guy in our lineup that, that you would love not to have to face every, every year. So there's two of them. There's two of them. Um, one's Taylor Hopkins and the other's Matt Kirk for sure. When you see Matt's success and what he's been able to do, of course, the reigning Mac player of the year, and now continuing it, getting another former Toledo rocket and Josh cross right behind him. What is it like seeing those guys work ethic at the plate each to each and every day? It's awesome. Those guys are rake. I mean, they're working, they're working every day and just watching them hit BP is just kind of amazing just because they just hit like line drives opposite way. And that's kind of the BP like we're looking for here, not just hitting bombs and stuff. Cause that's why they're hitting so good. They see the ball through and they hit it opposite way. So it's great. Let's talk about the uh, team overall right now and, and kind of the standings where you guys sit. Uh, if you look at the record, a couple mm -hmm. games below 500, no doubt you guys will get back over that mark. But if you look at the conference standings, um, there's a group kind of right ahead of you that's really not that far above. You guys are, are able still with half your games left to make that push up, try to get into that Mid-American Conference Tournament. I know that you guys believe you have the talent to do that. What is going to have to change over the next 15 games that we haven't had in the first 15 of conference play so that success can happen um, and you can rattle off those wins? I would say consistency. Because we're a team that likes uh we're like a roller coaster. We go up and down, but once we get hot, we can go. So I think we just need to get hot and we need to be consistent. And once we get a few of those wins in our hands, we'll just keep them going. I feel like we just gotta get on a roll. You no, know, the ultimate goal is to to get drafted and to be playing in the majors one of these days. You look at the success Eastern has had. A guy like Justin Mice drafted a few years ago. You see a, a, a shoemaker, you see those guys. What does that mean about playing for Eastern Michigan and being able to be on that bigger stage? I mean, it's awesome. Um, these coaches helped me and my goal is for sure to get drafted. Um, I mean, uh, that's definitely my number 
one of my top goals. So I hope it happens. Um, I'm working and just to be an Eagle and to get drafted, that'd be awesome. It'd be sweet. One, one record on the year, the stuff's been working. You talk about the, the curveball, especially if anybody's watched, they know how much that bites and it's, it's certainly entertaining to watch for you is uh, for you though, is what's, what's kind of the, the metrics that you use to judge yourself. Is it the win loss record? Is it ERA? Is it, uh, the ability to go deep into games. What are you kind of looking at and saying, all right, if I do this, it's a successful outing for me. So what I look at a lot is opponent batting average. So I think that's a big thing for me. If I'm not giving them hits, they're probably not getting on base because I've done a great job not walking guys this year. That's what I look at a lot too, walks and stuff. But um, if I'm not giving any freebies, they're they're going to have a tough time scoring. So that's what I look at. One of those numbers from a year ago you, you talked about was – uh, looking at numbers, 12.9 strikeouts per nine innings. But the one that I liked the best last year, opponents against you with two out had one hit. What does that mean when you can slam the door when there's two out? Oh, I didn't even know that. That's kind of crazy. But uh, no, that's awesome. Uh, I think it's trust in my off speed a lot, too. I mean, I can throw that literally whenever I want. So um, that's that's a crazy stat. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, one one hit in uh, in 22 situations like that. Oh, geez. Wow. Well, Luke, listen, uh, know you're, know you're busy. Know you've got to get that arm back and ready to go for a couple of midweek games this week, but then a big series against Bowling Green. Have you done any scouting on the Falcons yet? I know you've played them in years past. What's it going to take against BG? If you've, uh, if you've looked into them at all to, to make sure we get those wins this weekend. Uh, we haven't done any scouting. We usually do that like two or three days before all meetings, but, uh, no, they're a good team. We just gotta, we just gotta pitch it, and we gotta hit it. Just be consistent, and we should beat them. So, should be a good weekend. Well, we uh, certainly hope that at the end of when we do the podcast next week, it's a, it's a clean sweep, perhaps, in Eastern Michigan, back in the MAC race. Luke, great outing oh, yesterday. Yeah. Congratulations on the win. Congratulations on uh, all your success this year, and good luck this weekend at BG. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.